Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion today with the interesting topic of ancient and modern necromancy, alias mesmerism, and hypnotism denounced. That should be a good time this morning. <laughs> so uh, we are recording today from the Plainfield Christian Science Church, independent in Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America, and we welcome you all. And we'll begin with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 170 of Divinity Course in General Collectania and also page 61. Mrs. Eddie gave us some rules for overcoming animal magnetism. See what it is trying to do. Know that it cannot do it. See what it is not See that it is not done. And to accomplish this, be patient, be meek, be vigilant, be sober, be loving. Oh, keep me ever seeing thee, and seeing as thou seest my life, my joy, my all. Oh, that an influx of divine light and glory may enter each and every one of our hearts and that you be induced anew with power from on high. God, give me, forgive me for having any doubt, fear, or lack of faith that all things are not possible with thee. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you, Florence. Okay, the watch message. Watch number 261. Watch lest old theology tempt you to feel that there is virtue in paying one's respects to the dead, as is done on Memorial Day. While we may have to go through the outward form at times, in order to satisfy mortal mind. In our hearts, we should use the day wholly to break down the belief that there are any dead, since man never dies. When we assent to the world's belief in death, we open the way for our dying. Therefore, we should always resist such suggestion and evidence, strongly and strenuously. Memorial Day is as much a part of mortal mind's plan to kill man as are the most obvious and gruesome ways. Memorial Day wars against life by bringing to people's intention the universal inevitability and necessity for death. It serves to remind those that have forgotten that death is inescapable and perhaps lurking just around the corner for them. If you do not believe that, take a look at the cemetery. Furthermore, one good look a year is enough to suit the purpose of animal magnetism, enough to quiet any hope or expectancy that one is not going to die. Once when one of the students asked her permission to put flowers on the graves of Mrs. Eddy's family on Memorial Day, <clears throat> she replied, I love you and thank you, but they sleep not there, 
Let the dead bury their dead. Jesus. Christian scientists must break the belief that there is such a thing as death instead of yielding to it and making it seem beautiful by means of flowers. One cannot neutralize the smell of death by adding to it the perfume of lovely flowers. It must be done mentally. It is said that a mother pig once instructed her baby as follows. Now I have just given you a nice mud bath. Don't you dare go out and play and get clean. Memorial Day says to mortals, I have just darkened your thought with the suggestion of the inevitability of death. Don't you dare go and cleanse yourself of that error. Thank you. Comments on that? Well, <laughs> obviously this is a time when you know, uh, we have to keep it ever most in our thought that there, we are immortal. And this is that he says on page 242 of Miscellany, one of my favorite paragraphs. If we don't understand that we're immortal, we don't have any principle on which to demonstrate Christian science. So this is a basic understanding of using the science is to know that we are immortal. And um, we just have to constantly keep that in our thought and know that it's true despite what's going on around us at this moment <clears throat> yeah we would always get this watching point on memorial day for years and uh, i know the first time i read it, it i i never thought about it that way it was a, kind of a interesting way to think about it yeah and it, it's an unintended consequence i guess of memorial day um this idea of death and i mean i i know as christian scientists we don't for the most part go to graves and put flowers and and that kind of thing i mean for the most part not even going to funerals unless it's god directed and you go there to bless and radiate god's love we're we're just need to be alert and working as this watching point brings out. So we can certainly too uh, put a blessing on all these people who have, as they say, given the ultimate sacrifice so that we might have freedom in our country and, and elsewhere and know that they never died, have never died. Uh, and have gone on to, great glory i'm sure um carrie sent me a few things and i know we had this in the probably last year's liberator i don't know what year it was that mrs eddie said she didn't want flowers put on the grave but um in 1907 according to this article in the journal mrs eddie did give flowers on memorial day and uh it said mrs eddie well known to us all as a most patriotic citizen, not only of this commonwealth and city, but of our nation in many ways and for many years has shown her interest in this day and her sympathy with its purpose. In honor of this day, her loyal hearts, her, her loyal heart unfurls, 
furls the stars and stripes over her home, and her loving hands send to the daughters of veterans all the flower, all the flowers in bloom on her estate. Now, this is where you know we have to be careful that we're not considered careless or not compassionate uh, about these sort of events. And Mrs. Eddy was very mindful of this and expressed her love and her compassion and her concern. And I just think that's very important. I know our watching point was about that as well. And then another one, uh, 1907, also 1907 issue, probably the journal. It says, it's a quote, our Memorial Day will come to have a twofold meaning when it encourages a just appreciation of the sacrifices of those who have laid off, laid all on the altar for love of country, and at the same time teaches the present and coming generations how to live so righteously that there will be no occasion for war. And that is really best to do, right? Yes. So that's our stand. This is a day also to remember the people who have returned and yes. are believed to have been so injured that they do not feel well. And uh, I know a few people that this seems to affect. And God bless them. They went to serve mm -hmm. the things they did for us to keep us free. And, and that's who we remember. Thank you very much, Chardell. Very important. Absolutely. I mean, truly, we're not grateful for these sacrifices. So important. And this watching point, I'm sure, was in no way to slough off this whole day. It's just a celebration of death. I'm sure when Mrs. Eddy addressed that that student, it was as much for her thought as anywhere. Well, it was. Yeah. It was because it, she saw something in her thought. So, um I don't know if there are any more comments, but I wanted to make that very clear. I don't. I I kind of like my understanding of what death is all about now because there's too much made of death in many cultures. I know in my culture, yes, they do. They, I mean, it's just too much. I feel so. It it's really helped me a lot not to see that death as a finality to anyone's life and the thought that we go on has comforted me a lot. So I kind of like this um, watching point. Uh, I understand exactly what you're saying though, but this way it says like when we ascend to the world belief in death, we open the way for our dying. I mean, <laughs> I know what's happening in you know, Ghana, for example. There's so much made of death that it's every week somebody's going to some wake, you know. So thank you. No. This is a good caution. That's very true. Absolutely. Yes. And and it is all this dying and carry on about it. So absolutely point well taken. And that is the point of the watching point that you don't get it doesn't just sneakily get into your thought. Um that's what I was going to pipe in with because I'll I'll throw myself under the bus here and say that I I used to go 
decorate my mom and grandmother's graves with my sisters. And it was sort of an annual thing that we did. Um, and it was always under the guise of, you know, just paying our respects to them and loving them. And, but, you know, that, I think that's how mortal mind works, that's how animal magnetism works. You know, it makes you think, well, I'm just, I'm just upholding, you know, just the wonderful women in our family or, you know, it's like you come in with what you think are these great intentions. And meanwhile, you're harboring, you know, this completely wrong thought, sometimes unawares, but it certainly is still there poisoning you if you're not handling it. Thank you. Yes, it is. And I mean, you can love and respect anyone that has passed on and not necessarily go to the grave. Um, and, and maybe even and maybe love them even so, more, more by so, not going yeah. to the grave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, because, yeah. Yeah. Because really those who have gone on before us, what would they prefer? <laughs> they would prefer that you learn from them and do better work here than they did. Yeah, I like the point. I was going to say, we have that story, too, from one of those um, Eustace followers, don't we? Yeah. Right. Where the, yeah, that that was so helpful to me, you know, just to listen to that, that story. And, and he was like, she, she knew it instantly. You know, why would she ever go to the grave at that point? That's right. Um, that's a wonderful story. Anyone struggling with that? loss of someone that that that's a very good good letter yes it's it's in the eustace section and there there is no death and it was a a letter i believe sent by a secretary mildred bean and that was the one thing i would say that we found in the box of of all that we received from the foundation that i had never seen before um that letter and it's to me it was yes very very valuable concerning this all right, you want to give us the subject, Jeremy, and the golden text. Yes, it's ancient and modern necromancy, alias mesmerism, and hypnotism denounced. And the golden text is from Proverbs. Do they not err that devise evil? But mercy and truth shall be to them that devise good. Okay, comments on that. Well, I looked up the word devise, and um, it says that to consider, plan, or give. So whatever we're doing to um, plan good or give good to others, to bless others, mercy and truth shall be with us to those who good is, is their only purpose in life, is to be good and to give good to others and bless and that's that's our protection you know that's that's life thank you yes absolutely um today i really want to get into because i hear so many times you know that christian scientists don't know how to handle animal magnetism we talk about this a lot hopefully you're getting far along on this point but um yeah, because it can be a little tricky. Mrs. Eddie says you can't make too much of it nor too little of it. It has to be just the right thing. And one thing I love that she says, and, and uh, Florence read some of it in her prayer this morning, but 
Mrs. Eddy says about Era that she acknowledge, I acknowledge your claims, but this is a big but. I denounce your power. Yes. You can't just go blindly along and pretend it doesn't exist. You can say, I, I know what you claim to be, and it is a claim, but you have no power because you're not of God. And throughout this discussion, remember this. It's it's because sometimes in talking about error, it makes it seem like you think it's real, but no. We're acknowledging the claims, but we're denouncing the power. And I like to call it defanging, defanging the serpent, defanging era, defanging the red dragon. You you strip it of the seeming power when you realize how godless it is. It's totally godless. It's all um, smokes and mirror. Hypnotism, yes. Mesmerism, denounced. That's why I love watching because you you know, you get the, you hear of the claim and then you get the work and you prove that it's not real and it's an offense against God and then you get peace and you don't carry it with you all day. And that's just a, like such a wonderful tool that we've been given. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And we've learned here a good treatment always is you start definitely with the establishing in your thought the almighty power of God, omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience. You get it clearly in your thought. Then you do take up the claim, whatever it is you're dealing with. And then you swing back around again and end with the omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence of God. So there's not a doubt in your mind that this era is real. I have seen in some of the more recent articles and things on Christian science where it's all la-di-da. It's all the good stuff and, and nothing's really taken up or handled. And that's gotten to be very offensive to me because it's, it's, it's just it flying no around teeth. up there. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, in denial. Yes. Well, it has no teeth. Well, uh, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting, uh, in the golden text that the, uh, the guy who wrote this starts out, do they not err? In other words, those who devise evil are starting from a mistaken premise. They have a mistaken belief that is driving them. It's all a mistake. And a mistake is not the reality of being, right? It's not the it's not it's not God's creation, it's not true, it's not real. A mistake is a mistake. And when someone is devising evil, not only are they making a mistake, but they're starting from a basis that is a mistake. And that is, that is our dominion over it. Because we start from the basis that God is all, that only good is all. So you have to pity people who devise evil, because they don't know that. 
They don't feel it. They think that evil is real. They think that something else is real and has power. And they feel like they need something. And they don't know that God gives them everything that they need. So there's a there's a big mistake. I say a big mistake. <laughs> Their mistake there's a mistake going on driving what they're doing. And therefore they can't work the problem out. Just like in math, when you start, you know, if you think two plus two is five and then you keep going building on that premise, your final answer will be all wrong, right? Yeah, your building's gonna mm-hmm. fall down. Mm-hmm. You're your building feet. on sand. Yes, Jesus. You know, I looked up that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I looked up that word necromancy because I I've kind of glossed over it a lot when I read this the subject. Um, and it says that necromancy is the art of revealing future events by means of a pretend communication with the dead. And then the second definition is enchantment and conjuration. And I was thinking about all these things that. I used to just kind of like, they weren't really on my radar and I wasn't handling them, but like, you know, witchcraft, tarot cards, astrology, that stuff is way more prevalent than people think and and needs to be handled. And it's to your point, Gary, it's like people making a mistake and turning to things that don't solve their problems for answers or for, you know, feeling better about something or getting it, you know, they're looking, they're just looking in a really wrong place. Thank you. Yep. Good, good yeah. examples. Absolutely. And it is more prevalent, although all these things now are becoming exposed, which is a good thing. They're being exposed. We are living in exciting times because <laughs> they're being exposed. Now, Carrie sent me this article by William McKenzie, whom I love. And I love this article. I've never heard about um, this. He's quoting from Second Samuel ten twelve about... Samuel is getting ready for war. He's telling, he's saying, play the man, (laughs) play the man. And so the name of this is uh, Be Men, okay? Gird up your loins. And it goes, among the seven things which were an abomination to the Lord, the writer of Proverbs includes a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, which is sort of in the in the golden text, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. <laughs> now, this we know is going on all over the place. It would seem to be a false claim. It's an abomination to the Lord. So, whoever's doing it or whatever seems to be going on, remember that it's it's not approved of God. And as we've talked about, it has no source. No substance, no law, no claim of validity. So then it goes on. Christ Jesus put the matter quite understandably when he said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. When any line of teaching or influence perverts an individual, making him trust where there is danger, sounds familiar from Mrs. Eddy's writings, and resent true kindness, Or when a group of men, whether as a mob or in a parliament, exhibit the naughtiness of children. A lot of times children can behave better than them. But anyway, or when a nation is affected with a blight that destroys moral sense. One can see that the false prophets are at work 
and they are, aren't they? But fear of them is ridiculous. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. There, if anywhere was expressed utter confidence in the unseen, and this confidence is likewise established when we hear Mrs. Eddy's assurance in science and health, the beasts and the false prophets are lost in hypocrisy. These wolves in sheep's clothing are detected and killed by innocence, the lamb of love. Divine science shows how the lamb slays the wolf. Well, that's science and health. But he goes on to say, play the man, says the apostle. That means to stand on the side of Christ Jesus, where there is honor and truth, virtue and integrity, fair play and kindness, actual brotherly kindness because of one father, mother, God. And I like this, too. I never thought about this. And it shows this was going on. It was going on in his time. It's going on in our time. He says, freedom of the press is not intended to illustrate the proverb, evil communications corrupt good manners, but is an opening of the door of opportunity so that the working out of God's salvation and evidences of the kingdom of heaven may become universally known. It had to some the appearance of being clever when a conscious, Consciousness, political potentate, used the press to disseminate prepared falsities. And knowing this as venom or poison, spoke of his trained serpents as the reptile press. You know, we know some of what the press spews out is poison, isn't it? We call it the reptile press. But whosoever is willing to play the man... (laughs) And be strong and shall verily take up serpents, as Jesus predicted, and he shall not be afraid. Paul's assurance that Satan would not get the advantage was based on his understanding. For, he says, we are not ignorant of his devices. No, we're not. Mm -hmm. The vividness of his meaning is expressed in the translation expressing this positively. I know his maneuvers. The boasted artifice strategy adroitness and design of evil comes to nothing when truth discloses discloses its vanity and impotence and then he says no one should willingly remain in the class of self-important simpletons (laughs) 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 who who perpetually dance to the piping of satan (laughs) what a nice description watch but it does. It a good but title. it describes a whole lot of people today, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> it claims to. So, mm-hmm. but we have to remember that's all an abomination of the Lord. So it has not his support. And so that idea of play the man, because sometimes right now it seems like, and women can play the man too. Anyone can play the man. It's, it's the idea, stand up for what's right, for goodness sakes. Be strong. Take action. Don't take it. But play the man. I like that. That's a good one. So thank you, Mr. McKenzie and Carrie. Um, and then, like in the lesson, it says, The Lord set ambushments against the children of Amen Molud. Mount, I guess, Seer. Seer? Yes. I will take care. I just, this was a wonderful lesson. It was like a big treatment constantly handling the leap of evil. 
It was. It was wonderful. And um, in that story with Jehoshaphat, um, Shardell wrote to me about this too. But and and I think we've had a Bible study on it. But yeah. he his prayer. Think about his prayer. It was a victorious prayer on how to handle animal magnetism. First, he himself sought the Lord. He proclaimed a fast, which means what, Shardy? It means only think on what is true. That's only true. think on what is true. Don't focus on God. Don't get all disturbed about the era that's seemingly all around you. Proclaim a fast. And then he gathered them together to ask help of the Lord. He showed humility that he couldn't do it himself. Um, then he acknowledges God's greatness, says, O Lord of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? It's what I'm saying is omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. He's establishing that in his thought. And then remembering the past glories, all that he did before. This is what you do when you're deep in prayer. Hitherto the Lord hath helped me, and hitherto he will. And then you do. You state the problem. You state the claim. This is trying to say what's happening. And then he goes back, but God, you promised. You promised all this. You promised to take care of me and us and everyone. That's your promise. It's right here in the Bible. <laughs> all these promises. The covenant. Yes. yes. The covenant of the Lord. And then declaring your utter weakness. Without God. Yeah. Totally helpless and weak without the Father. We can't do this without him. And then the voice of God comes through. In this case, it comes through this person, maybe practitioner, or maybe you, whoever. You hear God's voice. And what first thing, don't be afraid, right? Be not afraid by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is yours. Is not yours, but God. And you don't need to fight the battle. You set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand strong. Be a man. Don't quiver and quaver. Stand strong and, and stand on all, all the prayer you've just given. And you don't need to fight it. Yep. God's fighting it. And then lastly, well, no, not lastly, have faith. The big thing that's all over the chosen, right? Have yeah. faith, mm-hmm. trust. And then sings hymns, praise him, praise him. I think in 18 is a good one here. Be firm and be faithful. Deserve oh. not the root. Thank you. Yes. Good hymn. So, and these are all, it's, it's not, it might be viewed as you're not really pleading with God. You are making affirmations, um, correct affirmations. And, and it's a victorious prayer of Jehoshaphat. It's quite beautiful. So, Think about whatever you're praying about. Follow that. It's a little bit of a guideline there. It's beautiful and it worked. Yes. Now, 
this is something Kyle sent me, which I thought was really interesting. I'll read you what she wrote and then. I ran across this quotation from a Richard Rohr, who was an American Franciscan priest and writer on spirituality, who seems to be shaking up the Catholic Church some. I can appreciate some of the things he says. Here's one from an email entitled, Evil is a Social Reality. Of course, I understand that we know that evil has no reality, but I find it encouraging that there is an awareness here about idolizing institutions. And this is a quote. We must first convict religion in its organizational form, but not in its inherence. We talk about this a lot, right? It's not person. It's a false, wicked system who might be quite good and holy, but the glorified organization itself. When we idolize institutions and refuse to hold them fully accountable, I am going to dare, I am going to dare say the unsayable. They usually become demonic in some form. Wow. End quote. <laughs> End quote. Well, and don't we see that clearly? Mm-hmm. You don't worship the institution, period. Not long before they devise evil to stay on top. Right. Keep people from toppling them. So. And and what this is, it's the human mind takes over, right? And when we get taught over and over, the human mind is a killer. It kills. And so when an institution becomes big and and you're not, not held fully accountable, that's what happens. And it happens whether it's a church, a government. It can happen anywhere. It can happen school in your boards. home. Huh? School, school boards. boards. School boards. <laughs> school boards, yes. It becomes demonic. But we as scientists know how to handle this. and We should know. We should know. Yes, we should. And we defang it by mainly declaring its powerlessness. It has no power. And I don't care how long it's gone on or how big it seems to be. You can laugh at it. Ha, 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 ha. Well, and the important thing is you don't respect it. That's for sure. And you don't fear it. Right? right? Because yeah. the, because the, the, there are a lot of institutions that are respected that don't deserve the respect. That are worshipped. I mean, how many people worship the medical profession? Yeah. Right? Yeah, because they feel that it has power. That's why. Yeah. So we give it power and it, guess what? Part of it, anyway, some of it becomes demonic. Look at the drug industry, what they've done over the last few years. Right. So we don't worship that. We don't worship the organization anywhere, not in Rome, not in Boston. Not in D.C. And we don't worship the government, that's for sure. How many people rely on the government for their well-being? Right? Too many. (laughs) Right. So guess what? We have an out-of-control government in Washington, D.C., which is demonic. Yeah, it it is. I mean, if you investigate it, (laughs) 
to any you look degree. At the facts, you, yeah. you can't come to any other conclusion. But the only answer is Christian science. The only, which is why so many organizations are trying to do away with Christian science. So we need to be smart. And we need to be smarter than the devil. In my reading, I've been reading this book, um, The Journeys of Jesus, and I've come to the part of, of Jerusalem. And the first part was, oh, my gosh, what a big city it was. And, you know, had this huge temple. Herod had built a big palace there, and the temple had all kinds of sections in it. Um, it was huge. And, and I guess, again, revered much and it was prophesied the fall of it was prophesied prophesied by jesus and then the next chapter was about that and it was pretty awful <laughs> what happened to it by the romans mainly but also they said a lot of it was be between the fighting amongst themselves mm -hmm. they fought amongst themselves but it did say the christians at that time were forewarned and they escaped in a place where they were perfectly safe on one side, there will be science and peace. The other side, discord and dismay. Be very careful what you're taking in as a reality. Um, I have a, a science and health, the third edition. Um, years ago, we received, uh, there's a chapter, chapter six, which was on de demonology by Mrs. Eddy. It would kind of curl your hair, so to speak. And and my notes about it, I said it was published in 1888 by Asa Eddy. Now, again, because he passed on rather early. And that's why I think Mrs. Eddy took this out. It made too much of a reality of it. You acknowledge its claims, but you have to denounce its power. If you end up where you're wound up acknowledging its claims and aren't equally denouncing the power... It will become too real to you. And it's not that there's somebody evil outside doing these things to you, which is what people think. Malpractice. No, you're doing it to yourself. Because the power is within. This is a most important thing. Every Christian scientist must understand and get over this. Oh, there's people doing this and somebody doing that. No. No, you're giving it a power it does not have, and you will suffer the consequences. No. You're disobeying all power belongs to God. So. Yes, you are. You're disobeying the first commandment. You're going against everything. That is not how our leader acted, did she? She never gave power. She had all kinds of people seeming to attack her. And maybe, yes, malpractice people do sit and think terrible things about you. But don't you give that power? You give it the power. All you have to know is the error goes back on itself and destroys itself, or it's powerless because it's not of God. And how did Mrs. Eddy, for example, handle the attacks on her? Love. Love. Yeah. She loved the people. Mm. I mean, and I think. Huge key is to know that it's impersonal error. It's impersonal. It has nothing to do with person. Exactly. You love Same as human good. You yeah. love the person and you destroy the error. Do not underestimate the power of love. 
The article by Smiley, A Moral Idiocy and Its Manifestations, is very good about bringing out, bringing that out, that the only way to handle this is through love. Yes, then absolutely. When we were, when we were uh, being sued by the, quote, organization <laughs> um, many years ago, and we, and we had to go to trial, we had to sit and testify, and Boston's lawyers sat on one side of the room and our, our lawyers sat on the other side of the room. We had a friend. His name was Reginald Carey. He had worked up there. He was head of security up there. He blew the whistle up there. They tried to kill him also, but he was, fortunately, he survived. But he came, he came to uh, court with us one day. And he went over to Boston's lawyers with a big smile. And he said, I'm so glad to see you. It's so good to see you. And he tried <laughs> to shake their hands. And they were so scared to death, they didn't know what to do. But he told us later, he said, the only way to handle this situation in the courtroom being attacked by supposedly by people, he said, you love the hell out of them. And that was a great lesson for us. Yeah, that was a, and a good quote. You love the hell out of them. Just love it. Wash it away. Flood tides of love. The devil doesn't know how to deal with love divine love it runs like a scared rabbit at divine love I think that's why Mrs. Eddie says that there is no problem that you cannot love yourself out of absolutely no problem I don't care what or where or how you start loving and you will you will rise above it it's amazing and we've seen all these people in our history that have done this, the worst conditions, and they've risen above it. We watched a, a movie called I Am Patrick about St. Patrick of Ireland. It was very interesting because, you know, I've always had a feeling, well, all these saints and all of this stuff, they kind of belong to the Catholic Church. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> they, they belong to history. And, and it showed very much like... Um, Hannah Harriet Tubman, where he was he was put in the the worst situations and he would love himself out of it. Like even in prison. And slavery. There was slavery. slavery. They there were these pirates, they enslaved him. And the organization was really against the them. organization. Very hard time. And oh, man, the Pharisaical thought came out. Yeah. Oh, the Pharisaical <laughs> thought his way out of that one. Brings it out every time. Yeah. What authority does he have, <laughs> have to, to do this? <laughs> no, who is he? And and I'll just say briefly, when people on the internet, on YouTube, start questioning our, you know, what we're recording, we're now just taking it off. I've tried to answer it politely. We've tried to explain things. It, it only gets worse. They, The people in the organization believe that some of these books are illegitimate, unauthorized. Certainly, we all know this, okay? And what we what we record and what we do, we feel has a place and that it is authorized. And maybe it's not exact wording exactly, but it's pretty darn close, as was the Gospels. <laughs> They're not, you know, there was no stenographer there when Jesus was speaking. 
They wrote notes. So I've just had enough of it. And and I, I'm, I'm if if we see it or if any of you see it, we'll just take it down. Uh, and and they don't have to listen. listen? No. They don't have to join us. Yeah. What did you say? We if, well, if you come and you and you are demanding the blessing as we're taught to do here, and you you get what you can out of it, and it's good stuff. You're happy for it. But if your whole thing is you come here and you de- you Nitpick. demand not to be blessed. Then why are you coming here? I don't go to Hindu sites. Yes. You know, I don't mm-hmm. go to sites about baseball. <laughs> you know, it's because I have no interest. So stay well, that, That's really so ridiculous because out of the over 2,000 <laughs> recordings of articles and stuff on there, if you can't find anything that will bless you, uh, sorry. Uh, I know. And then it is totally nitpicking. They have to find something wrong. And I just, I have no more patience. And to me, I just see them in these Pharisee garbs, you know, there are their things over their heads and they're, well, I mean, what authority do you have? doesn't matter that it's healing people. That makes no difference. It's just us draining it, gnats and swallowing camels. And I'm well, done. Well, if you take it black, it means you're over the target. So obviously it struck something in them. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I just want to touch on just I I know we haven't mentioned it, but the you put it up on the YouTube. And it's you know every Christian scientist should listen to this, the Bible study. Oh, right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I use right. one of the tactics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. that's great. Yeah, Lenny said clickbait. <laughs> exactly. That's you brought them all in. I know, oh, and then everybody God. clamored to, to listen. Well, good. They needed. Oh my to hear gosh. That. They needed. Well, to hear. that. So I've we've listened to it twice, and I'm I'll listen to it again. But I I just it bears repeating. You know, like the angels with the vials in their hands, these plagues, and of course, God is not good and evil. And but it it's when tr- when the earth tries to resist the truth. Right, it's the stirring up, and uh, that has been just so helpful to me to put everything in perspective. Is that Mrs. Eddie, science and health? You know, her life lived as her highest idea of Christ, and she's given that to us. That is the three measures of leaven that she has put into science, medicine, and theology throughout the entire world. And that is why we're seeing this, you know, leavening. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Yes, it is. She's done it. And that's why she says, just get the textbook out. Just put it out there. It'll do its work. And it is. And it's enraging some people. Um, but you know who's who and who's who's not who. But also, remember, it, they're, they're mesmerized. They're mesmerized. The word deluded, and that word gets used a lot, is, is you know, they... They think that something that's not true is true. And even even when you present facts to them, it's a delusion. And uh, so, but we just keep pouring out this truth and it'll do its work. It will do its work. Now, I wanted to touch, since we're getting near the end already, um, a little bit on, there is one, but one real attraction, that of spirit. The pointing of the needle to the pole symbolizes this all-embracing power or the attraction of God, divine mind. 
Everyone should be working daily with this for themselves, for our children. We need to know that this this has no attraction. There's no attraction to evil. It's impotent. It, it has no power, but we need to be knowing it. And not just occasionally, but a lot. Because they'll, re, they'll be repelled, too. Right? They should be repelled. The good, so they'll repel from the evil. Yeah. yeah. We should break down spirit. It seems so nebulous. But it's a spirit of kindness, spirit of love, spirit. And really break it down because they need to see the qualities in themselves and, and expect them in others. So, because... Sometimes things are so, you know, cloudy or fair. They, they, I think some of the children lose it. At least they, they don't quite get it. Because of the false prophets, the false teaching. Yeah. But one thing I love when I came here, because I was in this clouded state, and that was years ago. Mrs. Evans made everything black and white. I wasn't clouded anymore. It was either right or wrong. And And God tells you, and... I know things change, people evolve, things change, and there's a lot of good changes going on. There's, But there's one truth. It's not like we all have our own truth. There aren't 50 shades of gray okay. that are real. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, that's all, it's all human you know, perception. But we need, we, we, we need to be working 24-7 because, you know, people mm -hmm. are pornography into school libraries. I mean... Seriously, well, yes. the devil is working 24-7, and we need, we need to be alert. And, and no, defang it, defang it, defang it. No attraction. People are going to laugh. Little children will think this is ridiculous. This stuff is stupid. I don't want to know anything about it. Defang it, defang it. You keep at it. No attraction. And also, that, and that word attraction, the power of principle or tendency to unite. But the only attraction, and that's throughout science and health, right? Just the forces, yeah. they belong to divine mind. That attraction belongs to divine mind. That is the only attraction. And then the other word that I love is influence. Influence all divine. You, all you have to do is say that. Influence all divine. It's only divine. There's no other influence. Um, that definition of flowing into or and referring to substances, spiritual or too too subtle to be visible like inspiration god hath his influence into the very essence of all things now that's the truth god has his influence in the essence of all things it's everywhere god's influence god protecting our children or ourselves or whoever leading them from temptation yes. um i love the um in the on the preface of science and health, a divine influence, Emmanuel or God with us, a divine influence ever present in human consciousness, ever present, ever present. No child, no person can be without it. Yes, adhesion, cohesion and attractions are properties of mind, only of mind. It's the only attraction there is. Um, and then. Hmm. You know, it talks about, um, I can't find it. I don't know if I quote it exactly, but you know the quote about the protecting power and supporting influence of God 
the Bible are full of all these wonderful stories exemplifying the supporting influence of God, that influence ever felt, ever present, everywhere. We work with these things daily with all our hearts, minds, and souls knowing this is the truth because it is the truth and the truth shall make us free, everyone. So defang it, defang it. It has no power. Ha, 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 ha. We'll get at it and and prove it because it must be proved. And yeah, and then there are other hymns too I've looked up, but I was going to give a testimony about all this. Maybe someday I will. <laughs> we run out of time and we're running out of time now. So I know. Can I just say one, add one thing before we close? The Love is the Liberator of May 2019 on animal handling animal magnetism. I have found very helpful this week. Well, all the time, but it's a wonderful liberator on this subject. Great. Thank you. And, And the definition of animal magnetism we were given years ago, simple. It's a belief in a power apart from God. That's what it is. It's all it is. And that's how we defang it. Okay, we will end on something lovely. We will close from miscellany, admonition and counsel, what our leader says. Beloved Christian scientists, keep your minds so filled with truth and love that sin, disease, and death cannot enter them. It is plain that nothing can be added to the mind already full. There is no door through which evil can enter and no space for evil to fill in a mind filled with goodness. Good thoughts are an impervious armor. Clad therewith, you are completely shielded from the attacks of error of every sort. And not only yourselves are safe, but all whom your thoughts rest upon are thereby benefited. The self-seeking pride of the evil thinker injures him when he would harm others. Goodness involuntarily resists evil. The evil thinker is the proud talker and doer. The right thinker abides under the shadow of the Almighty. His thoughts can only reflect peace, goodwill towards men, health, and holiness. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.